2: old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts this is the look ahead with
3: scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network, as we inch closer and closer to the Pro Bowl here in Las Vegas this weekend, as well as the NHL All-Star weekend as well. A busy weekend here in town, and I'm also anticipating this weekend to see an influx of money wagered on the Super Bowl and possibly some movement in the lines. Currently, we are sitting at the Rams minus four and a half, and the total at 48 for the Super Bowl coming up in about a week and a half from now. We will dive plenty into more Super Bowl conversation, the MVP odds, uh, which I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I know who I'm going to bet on. By the way, Cooper Cup has moved down. He was at plus 650. Now he's at plus 600. Aaron Donald was at plus 1,800. He's now at plus 1,600. So we have seen some movement on these odds. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jamar Chase were both plus 2,000. Now Jamar Chase moves down to plus 1,800. Odell goes up to plus 2,800. So we've seen a lot of movement here in the odds to win the Super Bowl MVP. Uh so I'm not going to place a bet until we get closer obviously to kickoff and there's a player that I really like on this list that uh, his odds have actually gone longer. So it would be a better payout if that player wins as opposed to if I would have bet it already. So that's why we played a little waiting game when it comes to uh, a Super Bowl MVP. We'll also talk about the Super Bowl squares that are available here at Circa. Very interesting because there are there is a strategy to it. And it has to do with the amount of times or the, the probability based off the history of the Super Bowl of which numbers will hit in which quarter. So we'll definitely get into that. But I wanted to begin with a historic upset that occurred in the NHL here on Tuesday night. The Colorado Avalanche were hosting the Arizona Coyotes. Colorado came into this game winners of 10 straight. Arizona came into this game with only 10 wins on the season colorado had won 15 of their last 16 games the only loss that they had in the entire month of january their only loss in 2022 came in a shootout and that was well, that was in overtime excuse me against nashville on the road their only loss in 2022 15 out of 16 games, 10 straight wins, and a franchise record, 18 straight wins at home. They closed at minus 600. That was the line on this game for the Avalanche. Minus 600. 100. The Coyotes were plus 425. And Arizona scores the game-tying goal with just under 40 seconds remaining in regulation. And then Arizona wins in the shootout and wins their 11th game of the season, snapping the 18-game home winning streak snapping the 10-game overall winning streak and handing the Avalanche just their second loss in 2022. Well, you just can't predict baseball season. That's what they say. Uh, 3-2, the Coyotes win, and now I'm looking to fade this team at all costs on Wednesday. It's the final game before the All-Star break. Arizona coming off just their 11th win of the year. In the shootout against Colorado, where they also played Colorado very closely, a couple like in this, like I guess it was December, maybe, maybe November, but they, I'll find out. Let's see when would the, when did they play that game? They lost to Colorado. Oh no, it was here in January. They lost in a shootout, so they played them tough. They also lost five nothing to Colorado, but. They had some success against them earlier. And when you're playing against a team that is the best in the NHL or one of the best in the NHL, that has all the hype, that has won 18 straight at home, you get up for that game. Especially when no one, no one is thinking that you have a chance. So the Arizona Coyotes play the role of us against the world, and they go into Colorado and they win that game. Now they return home, second out of a back-to-back, where they will host Calgary. Calgary, meanwhile, coming off of a win in Dallas, 4-3. to three. So they're playing the second out of a back-to-back. Calgary's actually been playing some really good hockey as of late. Arizona, though, I am going to fade them here. The money line is just way too high. It's minus 290, but the puck line's not that bad. It's only minus 115. So I'm going to go Calgary on the puck line as like an auto fire for me here on Wednesday, just fading the Coyotes coming off this ridiculous miracle upset victory over Colorado. Uh, And I'll go with Calgary to win that game. On Wednesday uh, other scores here on Tuesday in the NHL the Bruins win as heavy favorite uh, three to two over the Kraken the Lightning win as a very heavy favorite over the Sharks but they won an overtime so got you know had to battle there Toronto was the play that fit the system that we've been talking about which is the heavy road favorites Toronto came into this game Against the Devils. It's the second night of a back-to-back. These two teams just played in Toronto on Monday. Where the Devils scored three goals in the first period. And Jack Campbell actually got pulled in that game. And he wasn't supposed to start on Tuesday. It was supposed to be a Peter Morazic start. But because Campbell got pulled after like 10 minutes... Uh, After giving up three goals on nine shots to the Devils, he was given an opportunity here on Tuesday to, uh, you know, right the ship, a little mulligan, a little do-over, and he was great. 31 saves on 32 shots. The Maple Leafs dominated the Devils as uh, they, um, you know, score seven goals, win seven to one. They were a very heavy favorite on the road at minus – 250, and that fits the system that we've been talking about, which is road favorites in the NHL of minus 200 or more this season are now 39 and seven on the year. 39 and seven. And by the way, Calgary would fall into that category on Wednesday against Arizona minus 285. So They would fall into that category. They're going to win against Arizona. Uh, Elsewhere here on Tuesday, um, it was the Rangers winning as an underdog at home against the Panthers. The Flyers winning at home as an underdog against the Jets. The Capitals winning in overtime as an underdog at Arizona. Pittsburgh, the Islanders as a heavy favorite over the Senators. That was the right play. Ottawa coming off a win on Monday, second out of a back-to-back. The Islanders win 4-1 uh, as Ottawa had some tired legs uh, in the second and third periods. Uh, the Predators win 4-2 over the Canucks. The Flames, a 4-3 win in Dallas. And then the Golden Knights here in Vegas, a minus 400-plus favorite over the Sabres, who are not a good hockey team. Uh, the Knights win 5-2. to two. They cover the puck line there. So, really, the only real, you know, the only upset, I mean, there were a couple of upsets, but those were, like, smaller dogs, not a large dog. The large dog was the Coyotes winning at plus 425. So, congratulations if you had the guts to bet on Arizona in Colorado because I certainly did not. Talked about possibly doing it last night, but... I certainly did not have uh, the confidence to make that happen. Looking at your schedule for Wednesday, uh, cracking at the Islanders. The Islanders are minus 160. Oilers at the Capitals, Washington minus 135. Kings are at the Red Wings, LA minus 140 on the road. Wild at the Blackhawks, Minnesota minus 160. And then that Flames game at the Coyotes where Calgary is minus 290. So Calgary is the team that fits into... The system of the road favorites, minus 200 or greater, plus they're the auto, you know, Arizona's the auto fade after this historic win uh, over the Avalanche. I'm Scott Zadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Got to update you on what went down in the NBA here on Tuesday as we had a potential NBA Finals preview won by the potential NBA champions. A team that I think deserves a lot more respect in the futures market than they are getting. And the team that is probably the team that we should all be betting on to win the NBA title. Plus, coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, our very own Dave Ross will join me. We will get into the Super Bowl and talk everything there is to talk about between the Rams and and the Cincinnati Bengals. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. This is the Look Ahead here on BCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: and what's next. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is The Look Ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. A fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn. America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zyn. So head on over to zyncom find to locate a store near you. That's slash find. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. What is the look ahead here on VSIN the sports betting network. Getting, uh, getting you an update on what went down in the NBA here on uh, Tuesday. And you had the Pelicans beating the Pistons 111-101 as a one-and-a-half point favorite. The Raptors as a one-and-a-half point favorite beating the Heat 110-106. to Bucks as an 11-point favorite beat the Wizards 112-98. to It was the Bulls as a nine-point favorite, beating the Magic 126-115. The Timberwolves as a one-point favorite, beat the Nuggets 130-115. The Warriors as a seven-point dog, winning outright over the Spurs 124-120. And then the Suns as a seven-point favorite, beating the Nets 121-111. It was a great night for the favorites in the NBA. A very good night for the NBA favorites. Six and one, both straight up and against the spread, with the only underdog that covered and won outright, the Warriors, as I mentioned, and the reason why the Warriors were the underdog, no Curry, no Thompson, No Draymond Green, of course. Plus six and a half, plus 220 on the money line. All of the favorites won and covered. So if you bet all the favorites in the NBA, you had a very, very good day here uh, for, um, (laughs) for the favorites. But it was a good night for the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix is scorching hot right now. They have won. 11 straight games. They have an NBA best record of 41 and 9. And they just beat the Brooklyn Nets here on Tuesday in what could be an NBA Finals preview. This is a Brooklyn Nets team that is not at 100%. We know that. Kyrie Irving had 26 points. James Harden had 22 points. Blake Griffin had 17. But we know this is not the Brooklyn Nets team that would get to the NBA Finals. The reason why the Brooklyn Nets are still the favorites to win the NBA title is just pure speculation that when this team is healthy, when they have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on the floor together that this team will not lose four of seven in the playoffs. And yes, Kyrie Irving's only going to play on the road, but if the Brooklyn Nets are not a top four seed in the Eastern Conference, they'll be on the road for an extra game in these playoff series. So you're going to get Kyrie, for at least two games if if the Nets don't sweep you're going to get him for more and the belief is that this team at full strength is better than everybody else in the East and they will get to the NBA Finals I don't necessarily believe that they're better than everybody in the East the Bulls are the number one seed right now and I, I love the Bulls starting five, I've always questioned their depth but I think the Bulls can compete with them, I think the Sixers, if Embiid is on top of his game, can cause fits for sure. Let's not ignore the defending NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks, who, when healthy as well, are probably the team to beat in the Eastern Conference, even though the odds don't depict that. The Nets are the favorite to win the East, followed by the Bucks, then the Miami Heat then the 76ers, then the Chicago Bulls at 11-1. to What's amazing is that the Bulls have not moved off of that number at all, despite still having the best record in the Eastern Conference. But again, this is all about the playoffs. This is all about who's going to win four of seven and... Who's going to beat a healthy Brooklyn Nets team in the Eastern Conference? In the West, I feel like it's a two-team race. It's the Warriors, and it's the Suns. I don't know how long Draymond Green's going to be out. He's missed a month, and it doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Right now, this team without him is still performing. They've won 8 of 10, they've won 7 straight games, and they have the second-best record in the NBA at 39-13. and When it comes to a 7-game series between the Warriors and the Suns, it's honestly a toss-up. Right now, the Warriors are your favorite to win the Western Conference at plus 225, the Suns plus 230. So the bookmakers agree that it's a toss-up. But when looking at the odds to win the finals, you have the Nets at plus 250, the Warriors at plus 475, and the Suns at plus 550. And I talked about it briefly last night, but why aren't the Suns the team to bet here? This is pretty much the same team that went to the NBA Finals last year and had a lead over the Bucs in that series. This team has the best record in the NBA. They've gone on incredibly long winning streaks this season. They had, what, the 16-game winning streak? Now they're on an 11-game winning streak. It's They just keep piling on these streaks. And looking at their schedule, I'm trying to figure out when they're going to lose. They got a road trip coming up here at Atlanta on Thursday, at Washington, at Chicago on Monday. That's going to be an interesting game. That's going to be a game where I think we might find out a little bit about Chicago. They also then go to Philadelphia on the Tuesday, so... Back-to-back. So you got got Monday and Tuesday at Chicago, at Philly. That's not an easy two games to be back-to-back. Then you return home for a game against Milwaukee on Thursday. That is a very tough three-game stretch against three of the top teams in the NBA's Eastern Conference. At Chicago, at Philly, and then home against Milwaukee. If the Suns win all three of those games, To steal a line from uh, Denny Green. You want to crown him? You go ahead and crown him. (laughs) I I I can't see it happening. But if they win those three games. This team's winning the NBA Finals. They deserve the respect in the market. In my opinion, they should be the favorites. Not the Brooklyn Nets. So at plus 550, that's worth a look. If you can find it at something greater than that, then place it. Our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, he he tweeted out that he got um, the Suns earlier at, what do you have, plus 750 or something like that? Plus 700? Here's a great stat, too. The Phoenix Suns this year, when leading after three quarters, 30-0. and They're 30-0 and this year when leading after three quarters. Something to keep an eye on when it comes to any live action that you want to place on the Phoenix Suns. But they're my pick right now based on these odds to win the NBA Finals. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we will shift our attention to the Super Bowl, the Rams and the Bengals. We will talk to our very own Dave Ross, host of Betting Across America and the Green Zone here on v Get his thoughts on the game, on the number, on the MVP. Lots to get into with Dave coming up next here on The Look Ahead here on v VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to watch the big game? We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. On Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com scott Zadenberg back here with you it is the look ahead here on vsin the sports betting network joined now by the host of betting across america and the green zone and first strike and every other time you see him on the network he is dave ross and i know that he has placed his wager on five or six players to win the super bowl mvp buy down right dave I got two already though, Scott, that I do like. I have not made any official
5: wagers just yet on Super Bowl MVP. But it's funny you say that, Scott, because there's a couple guys that I want to see if it piques your interest. And I got a couple long shots that potentially I like. I love the course, long shots. As you know, Scott, it's gotta follow game script, right?
3: Yes. So I got two guys at a hundred to one. Hundred to one. All okay. I, I so, hopefully hopefully one of them is this, one of the guys that I'm thinking at hundred to one to so go on. Okay. So if we look at the advantages that the Rams
5: have over the Bengals, clearly they're D-line against the Bengals O-line, right? So I think that's a safe assumption that they're going to get pressure on Joe Burrow. So if they get pressure on Joe Burrow and you got to heat him up and make him throw it a little bit quick, I know that Jalen Ramsey dropped one last week. He's not going to drop another one this week. Maybe Jalen Ramsey gets that pick six. I know we're always going to talk about Bob Miller and Aaron Donald and for very good reason. But I think this could be a game where maybe Jalen Ramsey gets one, if not two. Then we get like a Larry Brown situation from 1995 when the Cowboys beat the Steelers. And Larry Brown was the MVP when Neil O'Donnell threw two right
3: to him. I could see a scenario where at 100 to one, Jalen Ramsey's not necessarily a bad play. Uh, You must have been listening to my show yesterday when I talked about Jalen Ramsey being the play at what was 65 to one. Now it's at 100 to one to win the MVP. And I'm right there with you. You know, we get two interceptions and a pick six. Just look at the defensive players that have won this award in the Mm -hmm. past. Um, Malcolm Smith for Seattle. One was the last, uh, Von Moe was the last defensive player, but we all know the the pressures. He had two and a half sacks, right? Right. But Malcolm Smith for Seattle had an interception return for a touchdown. He had Mm -hmm. a fumble recovery and he had 10 tackles. If Jalen Ramsey gets at least an interception for a touchdown and holds Jamar Chase to under... 75 receiving yards and no touchdowns, that might be good enough to be the MVP, assuming nobody else goes off. Assuming we don't have, you know, Cooper Cup, 12 catches, 170 yards and two touchdowns, and it's like, you know, just uh, you you can decide between three or four players. I could see, you're right, 100 to one is where I would go. The other player that, because it's going to be defense for me as well, at 150 to one, Oh, is Leonard Floyd? Oh and wow! For Leonard Floyd, on the edge. it's the same argument that you're going to make for Von Miller or Aaron Donald. You're just right. getting 150 to one on the third player of the big three of the defensive front seven for the Rams. That's what I, I'm I love about. the. And by the way, maybe you drove the number down
5: yesterday from Jalen Ramsey because <laughs> you were already talking about it on your show. I did not catch that. But I do like where your head's at with that, Scott, because I think that's really good value still at 100-1 to to get one of those big three. I will say this. The other player that I like at 100-1, to a little bit off the beaten path here, not a defensive player, a special teamer, Evan McPherson. Because to the same game script that we just talked about, if this game is tight, if it's a field goal game, if there's not a lot of touchdowns scored, they trust that kid so much, Scott, mm. that this becomes a 12 to 10, you know, an 18, 16 type scenario. He boots four and does a Vinatieri 52-yarder at the gun to win it the way he beat Tennessee. And the way he's kicking game one in field goals, it feels like every single week, like he did last week in the last two weeks. I mean, I think at 100 to 1, If you're a Bengal backer, that's the long shot way to go. If you're a Rams backer, 100 to one Jalen Ramsey. But I think those two game scripts are kind of similar where we like defense, Mm -hmm. we like a tight game, and maybe one or two pivotal plays here, move it either way. And that's why if it's not a blowout scenario, where like you said, Stafford throws
3: for four or something crazy, I could see where those guys could really be in play. The, the other players that I was uh, thinking about: Odell Beckham Jr. is now at plus twenty eight hundred. Um, Cooper Cup's going to get all the attention, and yep. if Odell puts together, you know, like one of these, you know, Julian Edelman when he he had just ten catches for one hundred and forty one yards, you know, that's uh, OBJ pretty much almost did that last week, right? Nine catches mm-hmm. over a hundred yards. Uh, if Cooper Cup gets contained. Then if OBJ goes off, maybe he could win the award. Uh, So I would definitely look at the wide receivers and Cooper Cup. I'm just going to have to place a bet on anyway, just because at six to one, you know, he is capable. His averages are pretty much the numbers that are needed to be the Super Bowl MVP. So that Cooper Cup will get a look for me and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. But I I have been saying this and tell me if you agree that. If you think the Bengals win this game, Mm -hmm. instead of betting plus 170 on the Bengals' Mm -hmm. money line to win the game, bet on Joe Burrow plus 225 to win the MVP. Because it's probably 75% that if the Bengals win, Joe Burrow's going to be the MVP. So I'll take the chance there with getting a little more plus money value. Plus, he's the storyline,
5: right? And we know how that works. It is amazing. We just showed the graphic there, Scott, of you think of Brady as a five-time Super Bowl MVP. And two receivers made it six and seven for the seven that he's won Mm -hmm. when you saw Deion Branch and Julian Edelman on that graphic, right? And I look at that and I go, you could have given it to Brady seven times. To your point about Joe Burrow, if the Bengals do win… And it's not five field goals from McPherson. Mm-hmm. And he throws three touchdowns. and He spreads them out. And Joe Mixon has one running. Joe Burrow is a lock yeah. to win the MVP. So it's kind of like if you think it's super tight, you throw a little bit of pizza money at 100-1 to on McPherson. If you think the Bengals are really going to win this game, to your point, instead of taking the money line play, take Joe Burrow to win the MVP. Because unless it's a kick, at the very end for his fourth field goal of the day, <laughs> they're
3: going to give it to Joe Burrow it, if the Bengals win. And Matthew Stafford's going to get it if the Rams win. unless They love his story. Unless, yeah. Exactly. Unless he throws, you know, if he has 275, two touchdowns, two picks, then it could go to like Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham Jr., whoever has the big game. But if right. he's clean, he's going to win the award, just like Joe Burrow's going to win the award because both of their stories are are the the storyline surrounding this game. It's kind of like, you know, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl MVP and he didn't deserve it at all. But it oh. was Peyton Manning winning his first Super Bowl, he's gonna be the MVP. Meanwhile, Dominic Rhodes and Joseph Adai could have both right. won that award that year. So I think that if staff if the Rams win, it's gonna be about Matthew Stafford, unless the game shapes up as a defensive battle with a couple of defensive scores. And we wind up with, you know, one of the defensive players winning. So uh, I think Uh, Stafford and and Joe Burrow, obviously your safest bets.
5: No question about it. But I love your idea of if you're a Bengals backer, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not going to give it to Burrow if they lose. So the only (laughs) scenario, right. The the, the only scenario (laughs) with the Bengals winning is more than likely Burrow MVP. So it's much better value than taking that money line to win this game. I'll tell you this too. 5.55 5.55 for Tom Brady in a losing effort, right? You don't see what Chuck Howley's the last guy for a losing team to to, to win Super Bowl MVP. You could have given it to Brady in the Fly Eagles' fly victory. They did. He had 5.55 in yeah. a loss, Scott. 5.55. It's amazing that he only won it
3: five times. That's crazy. Uh, what's your favorite prop bet to bet on the Super Bowl just in general? For me, it's will there be a successful two-point conversion? I bet it every single year. What's your go-to prop on the Super Bowl? Well, you know, I do like the one where you see
5: where you get three scores in a row by one team. Okay, and and I normally like to I like to play the yes on that because you you know how these Super Bowls normally go? They're normally not score score tit tat back and forth. They're normally one team gets up, the other team rallies. So you know, again, that can be a couple field goals and a touchdown, boom, thirteen nothing, and all of a sudden you've already got that. So it just feels like Super Bowls have a way of snowballing. So to me, I like that prop. We talked about it last week, Scott, where we found the better value in both teams in the AFC title game, each scoring 20 points. That hit for us last week. I'd look for something like that in a Super Bowl prop. Give me that there will be three consecutive scores by one team. I don't have to pick the team. I just got to have one team get up on the other, and that always seems to happen
3: in Super Bowls. I'll leave you with one more. Uh, more than one player to attempt to pass. Because oh. I do think a non-quarterback will attempt to pass. Odell's throwing one. That's a lock. Okay. Cooper Cup threw a touchdown earlier this season that got called back due to a penalty. So, so you just need one other guy. One other guy besides a quarterback will throw a pass. That's a lock prop. Love it. <laughs> Dave, appreciate the time as always. Love talking with you. And well, I'm sure we're going to get together again before the Super Bowl. Yes, sir, Scott, have a great rest of your show. There he is, Dave Ross, host of Betting Across America and the Green Zone here on v I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead on the Sports Betting Network.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
4: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is The Look Ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. I was just reading an article about Wednesday's World Cup qualifying game between the United States and Honduras. And there might be a betting opportunity if you have lines out available. And I see that there are lines available up on DraftKings Sportsbook, so I'm sure you can find lines available to bet this game. And no, I'm not talking about betting the United States at minus 600. But the under could be the way to go. This game... (laughs) is being played in Minnesota on Wednesday night. It's going to be the coldest soccer game in U.S. history. Temperatures will be, with the wind chill, minus 10 degrees. That's with the wind chill. Uh, So the temperature is probably going to be in the teens, and you got to figure with the wind minus 10 degrees. The stadium manager of Alliance Field in Minnesota says that first they gotta remove the snow from the field because there's snow on the field. And then during the game, 17 miles of underground tubing will keep the field warm. So the ground will be warm about 50 to 60 degrees is what the grass is going to feel like. So the players' feet should be okay when they're playing. But how – I don't know. The How can a player from Honduras be comfortable playing in this temperature? Um, last week, the United States played games in Columbus, Ohio – and Ontario, Canada, where the temperature at the start of the game was 22 degrees. This is an important game for the U.S. They have to win to pretty much qualify for the World Cup. Now, if they don't win, they can still get there, but a win goes a long way into getting them to qualify for the World Cup. They're second in the group right now, the top three in the group do advance to the World Cup, <laughs> I guess they don't. They said that they weren't going to move the game or anything like that, but this is going to be some advantage, home field advantage, if you will. Uh, after playing in Hamilton, Ontario, with temperatures in the twenties, we are going to see temperatures with the wind chill feeling like it's minus. 10 to minus 15 degrees. Um, The coldest major league soccer game, the coldest MLS game, February 20th, 2018, Colorado and Toronto was three degrees with a wind chill of 16 degrees. So uh, that's an end. Just this past New Year's Day, the Winter Classic was, the in Minnesota, the coldest game in NHL history. That was an air temperature of minus six degrees. And the in 2016, there was the playoff game between the Vikings and the Seahawks at TCF Bank Stadium, which was the – you know after the the dome was done and before they you know the new stadium was built they played there TCF Bank where the University of Minnesota plays the air temperature for that football game was minus 6 degrees with a wind chill of minus 25 <laughs> they're going to they're going to play soccer in this weather on Wednesday night where a team from Honduras will be playing this is got to be an under game for sure i kicking the ball is going to be like kicking a, a frozen block of ice and then running and, and you, you know you got your lungs are going to be cold and it's just going to be so uncomfortable you're going to be bundled up and This just feels like a game where, you know, the clock moves anyway in soccer, but it's just going to be just passing, 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 and that's it. And I'm looking on DraftKings right now, and I see under two and a half goals is at minus 105. Under one and a half goals is plus 270. I like that a lot, thinking that this could just be a 1-0 USA win. Or this could be a nil-nil tie. And no goals to be scored is plus plus a 1,000. I just don't see how either team is going to be able to handle this. More specifically, I don't see how Honduras is going to be able to handle this. So I would certainly look at the under- in the total goals, uh, whatever line you can get out there, I look at the under. Let's see, under one and a half. Here we go, under a, under point five goals in the first half. If you think a scoreless first half is plus two hundred, I kind of like that. Plus two hundred, scoreless first half, and then, like I said, you get plus a thousand on the under for the game. I mean, on the no no goals for the game, but at plus 270 for under one and a half just thinking it's a one nil victory that's uh probably where i'd play this so interesting stuff to monitor on wednesday night uh in the world of soccer the other football if you will i'm scott Zadenberg. hit me up on twitter at scott's on air s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r so that's going on on wednesday night then we're actually going to get Olympic competition starting on Thursday on February 3rd we got Winter Olympic action and I, I'm gonna look at the the hockey both women's hockey and men's hockey to see if we can find some advantages here now the men's hockey tournament will begin Wednesday the 9th so next Wednesday the women's hockey tournament though begins this Wednesday. China and Czech Republic is the first game. The first game for the US women is on Thursday. It's at 5:10 a.m. I guess Pacific time, so 8:10 a.m. Eastern time and it's the United States women against Finland. The spread is uh forget about the money line. We're not unless it's USA versus Canada, we're not talking about the money line here. Because the U.S. money line is minus (laughs) 4,000. For Finland to win, it's going to be like the Arizona Coyotes beating Colorado twice. Uh, Anyway, the spread, the puck line, if you will, minus two and a half. It's minus 140 for the U.S. women. The total of the game, though, is four and a half. I kind of like the over in this game. Because... First of all, we know the Olympic rink is a much bigger rink. Tends to lend itself to more scoring. And I can see the U.S. women putting up four or five goals. So I think the U.S. women can get over the four and a half by themselves. Uh, so that's where I would look here. At the over four and a half in um, USA, Finland. Coming up, uh, women's hockey on Thursday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I don't bet a lot of this hockey stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun for uh, Olympic hockey, especially when, you know, when the men's competition starts. And I know we don't know a lot of these players because it's no NHL players, but you'll have some former NHL players. You'll have some uh, uh, college stars, especially for the U.S. team. And for a team like Russia or the ROC, uh, a lot of KHL players and former NHL players, names that you'll recognize, that will be playing so you can definitely find some advantages uh for these games some of the money lines like i said will be crazy but you can find some fun wagers on puck lines and totals when it comes to olympic hockey i'm scott Seidenberg. hit me up on twitter at ScottsOnAir. air s-c-o-t-t-s o-n-a-i-r we'll continue to break down some super bowl stuff some props and talk about everything that's going on really in the nfl and as it relates to some bettable things to look forward to this is the look at here on Sin, the sports betting network